All right. All right, guys. What's up? It's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, and I'm coming to you guys live Facebook and live Instagram. So before we get started, I want to uh, – real quick, hang on. Let me get this up here. Uh, wounded Warriors Charity Donation Page. And one second. Do this. All right, so like your video. Sweet. Thanks, Ashma. What's up? What's up, babe? All right, so <clears throat> real quick, we're going to get started. So what I always do is I like going through the charity because, you know, giving back to people is the best. What's up, babe? So uh, real quick, so the Wounded Warriors Charity, I'm trying to reach $10,000 um, goal right now with the Wounded Warriors Charity. And what they do is they give back to veterans. So if they've served in the military and they came back, they help with uh, mental or physical conditions, uh, mental being like PTSD or any type of um, like just mental issues and they come back and they have to, they go from chaotic warfare to now, you know, they're trying to get back to civilian life. They also do physical stuff where let's say they hit a landmine or, or somehow they lose an arm, a leg, uh, any, any physical injuries, they help them um, fund that and get them through what they need to get through to get back into civilian life. So the Wounded Warriors is a great charity. And um, I, I donate to them as much as I possibly can. Uh, right right now, I, I can't physically, um, <clears throat> I can't physically uh, donate money right now at the moment, uh, going through like me medical stuff right now. So I don't have any any spare change at the moment. Every, every dollar is going to use right now. But um, if you, you know, if you're someone that wants to give back to a great cause, the Wounded Warriors Charity is a great cause in itself. Just, uh, you know, we want to give back to the people that are helping us, that are, are serving our country and people that, you know, they're everyday people. And we all know someone. I know so many veterans that are friends. I know so many people that are going into the military right now that are friends. Um, I know, you know, between family members, friends, um, or just random people that I just meet. I actually ran into um, a Vietnam veteran uh, at, a, at a seminar, which I still have to, still have to call that guy. But um, the point of the matter is you just meet random people that are, are serving, and, and they've given you know, their lives. A lot of people are ac actually given their lives so that we can have things like this podcast or uh, for you to be able to listen and, and be at home on your computer or audio or you know, anything that you can think of, it's, it's because of those vets and the people that, uh, that serve us, serve our country every single day. So how many is that $10,000 minimum? If you're on Instagram, it's in the comments. Uh, if you're on Facebook, it's in the description, the link. All right. So today what we're going we're gonna to talk about is embrace failure and don't be scared of being liked or hated. And then we'll talk about uh, done deal investments and, and a little bit on that. And then, um, you know, I'll close out. So first, we're going to start by talking about embracing failure. Now, I believe it was this morning, I put up a video on uh, my Facebook page, which was talking about failure. And it was about, I think, a 30 to 45 minute video. And it was going through different people talking about failure. So the whole point of embracing failure is a lot of people when you know an obstacle comes up or a challenge comes up they think of failure off the bat like what's the worst case scenario that's going to happen i'm going to fail and this is going to happen right so they're constantly thinking of the failure instead of the the positive outlook 
um, that, that they can achieve, the, the risk that plays to get you to that next thing. So if the risk pays off, that benefit in front of you that's gonna, that you're going to receive, right? People don't think too much on the, the benefit or the receiving end. They think of the, the back end behind them. What, what, what's gonna, the worst case scenario that's going to happen if I fail, right? And majority of the time, what happens is you start telling yourself that fa- the failure is actually a lot worse than what it actually is, right? So you're, you're putting more um, emphasis on the actual failure part. And that causes you to, to doubt yourself and then you don't give it 110% and, and you end up failing. Uh, but the motivational video, what it was talking about with failure mostly, uh, if you're on Instagram right now, uh, hop onto my Facebook, uh, my personal Facebook profile, at, uh, Tyler Dunn, hop on my personal Facebook uh, profile and go watch the video. It's about like 30, 45 minutes. I recommend watching it in the morning because that's, that's when you're most, you're most influenced in what you watch in the morning, not in the afternoon and not at night. You're shutting down at night. Um, midway through your day, you know, you've already determined your, your day and your outlook on the day. So whatever happens in the morning, it's going to set what's going to happen through the rest, of, uh, the rest of the day. So definitely listen to this, what I'm talking about, this video in the morning. I definitely recommend the morning. Now, embracing failure is, uh, is the, one of the most important things, no matter what job you're going for, no matter what career, no matter what you're trying to do in life, embracing the failure of whatever you're about to do is the most important thing that about, I, I'd say about 90% of people, or maybe even more, don't embrace the failures. And most of what that video was talking about was these people sometimes have to fail 10, sometimes even more times to get the, uh, the goal or to get to that goal or get to that next level thing that they're trying to um, receive on the receiving end, right? That victory. So you got to be willing. And it also talks about which honestly, like I've never, you know, you, like it's kind of, you think to yourself, it's common sense, but I never looked at it in this way. And it was why if you're, let's say you're at a, you're, you're playing a sport, let's say football. Why do you have to practice a bunch of times before game day it's because you have to fail you have to practice your failures and you have to keep failing and keep on running the same drill and learning the same thing with repetition right to then when you come down to the final moment for it to to, to throw down in a game you're already past the the failures you've already worked out the failures you failed so many times in practice and now since you're going into game day now you're going to boost into you know, what you really are going to achieve now, right? So that was something that I heard in that video. And I don't know what speaker, because a lot of these videos that I post up, it's going to be a bunch of different um, quotes or speakers uh, in a video. But the point of the matter was it was a great quote. And actually, that's probably something that I actually should probably write down. I should actually make a quote out of that. It wasn't really like a short quote. It was something that was like a long like statement kind of thing. But um, it was a, it's a great quote because I played at, um, between maybe like the age of like nine and, uh, I'd probably say like maybe like 18 cause I think at 18 I had to stop, but I played a lot of hockey. All right. Like, like probably at least seven, maybe eight years of uh, playing hockey. All right. I started out as, uh, they call it, um, I think it's peewee hockey. And what it is, is like, you're too young to learn how to skate. So you basically go on the ground. And you have to you have to run. 
So it's, it's, you're basically starting on the ground, walking and running and playing with a ball. It's not even a puck. It's a ball. It's a light little, uh, like orange red ball sometimes. And then there's different colors, like if you want, but normally they use like an orange, uh, like ball. And the point of the matter, what it is, is teaching the fundamentals of hockey. And then once you get older, you can then progress into a higher league and then start on skates. And then now you're getting into the real fundamentals of roller hockey. Uh, and uh, some people after roller hockey, they go into ice hockey. Uh, ice hockey is more of like, ice hockey is like where you're, you want to aim to go. If like you're trying to go pro or you're trying to, um, you know, be, like get, get into like the highest standard of hockey I, I, in my mind. Uh, Cause there's no, there's really no like pro. I don't think there's really like pro um, like uh, roller hockey. It's normally like ice hockey. That's, that's what people know hockey as. It's ice, right? So what I did at an early age was I'd go and play the, you know, play the games, learn the fundamentals of hockey, the rules. And then after a practice or after a game, I would put on roller skates and I'd actually roller skate around um, the small little rink. So that way, you know, I, I, I would get better at skating and then I would move on to the next uh, thing, which is actually playing roller hockey. And I did that for like, at least eight years I don't know like the full um the full length but it, it was a long time it was like probably when I was like age uh 10 like maybe like not I think it was even younger it was like maybe like seven or eight and I went until maybe like 17 18 because I know at 18 uh it was really hard for me to find roller leagues I had to do like pickup games and it was a little bit being a little bit more committed with an with and it wasn't structured properly it was like you know you had to go call someone and be like all right we're gonna have uh, five on five. We're expecting like these amount of people to go and show up and we'll just have a little, you know, pickup game. Um, but I like playing the leagues cause it was more structure. You had different teams that would cycle out. You'd have different, uh, you know, it'd be a little bit more of a challenge. You might have better teams that you play and then there's weaker teams. So like you kind of learned a lot more off uh, the multiple different teams you could play. But the cool, the cool thing about it was, uh, you know, it's the exact same thing. Like, why why do you practice? You know, you have to practice to get better, and, and you're practicing off your failures. Same thing if you're BMXing, skating. If you're a skater, you're a BMXer, or uh, something with an extreme sport, you're literally failing, and you're just trying – You you fail like – let's say I wanted to learn how to 180 on a bike, and, like, I BMX for a while, too. I, I don't really BMX anymore. Actually, I really haven't picked up a BMX bike in a long time. Or probably still 180, though. But the – to get a 180, I had to literally keep falling on my ass because you're going backwards. The whole key is you're going to rotate the bike 180 degrees and you're going to roll backwards. And the tricky part was staying balanced on the bike going backwards, right? So I had to keep falling on my ass majority of the time or stepping off the pedal or um, not fully rotating 101. You know, sometimes you, you don't commit all the way, so you only rotate 90 degrees, which was like the biggest pain in the ass part of it was – you want it, it was hard to get that full momentum to get that full 180. So you got enough of a, uh, a 180 degree to roll backwards and go straight. Cause you obviously don't want to go on like crooked. You want to try to go as straight as possible and go back. Uh, now the problem with it was most people quit. Like I BMX with maybe three close friends and everyone quit on the 180. And I was the only one that actually mastered it because I, I just kept going. I kept getting back up and going and I must've failed at a 180 until I got it crisp at least maybe 500 or more times. And like, that's being generous. Like I probably even failed more than 500 times to actually get a full 180 going and then 
cleaning it up to, so where I was balanced and I could control my speed and, and, um, distance. But, and then the cool thing is once you get that, like, it's just, you just add tricks onto it. So then you can do like uh backward, like manuals, which is like the front wheel up. Then you can do backward. Once you got the 180, you can do backward manuals or nose manuals, or, uh, you could jump backwards and, and do like a bar spin in it. I mean, it's, it's endless, but the point is you have to, you have to be willing to embrace failure to get any, any progression at all in any um, extreme sport. So like BMXing or skating or even like rollerblading, like there's extreme sporting for rollerblading, scootering, um, anything you can think of, any extreme sport. It's all about failing, failing, failing and manipulating and learning from, all right, I did this, it didn't work. Now I got to try to do it this way. And then you master it and then it becomes a locked in trick that you just no on command that you can just do every single time, uh, multiple times at one go sometimes. So you have to embrace failure. I know it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, trust me, like e- even professionals, like professional people have just mastered it. Like a business, like a professional salesperson has just mastered embracing that there's possibly going to be failure, but they just embrace the failure. That's all it is. And most people, when they think of failure, they um they just kind of try to go the other way it's not comfortable because failing is not comfortable at all like you're it it doesn't feel good like you don't you don't fail and go wow like that felt so great you you tell yourself wow i i i i actually feel like crap now um you know so it's the opposite that's why people normally go the other way when it comes to failing but you have to embrace it there's no other way now I can give you, let me think of an, I gave you kind of like the BMX and with the 180, which is like a pretty good example. Um, I can give you, I'm trying to think maybe if I can find another example with embracing failure. Um, I'm sure there's tons. It's just sometimes when you're on the spot, you got to think fast. And especially since it's live, you got to think really fast. And sometimes it's like, I want to give you like the best example I could think of. Um, I can give you, I got, I got one that might be pretty good, which it ties back. It ties into sports. But what happened was I ended up at a year. Uh, I think I was maybe like 10 or maybe 12 and I wanted to play football. It was just the, it was just everyone like playing football. I actually liked playing little pickup games with my friends. Um, and I, I enjoyed football playing it. I, I didn't really like watching football. I just enjoyed playing football. I like catching, receiving. Um, when I got a little bit older, I, I like to throw and be like quarterback, but um, I, I like being the wide receiver and trying to make the play. Cause like when you, you know, when you're out there and you have to catch the ball, you have to literally throw yourself into position to catch the ball. So you got, and then you got to run with it and you got to outrun people and it, it was just fun. So I wanted to play flag football. The first, the first, uh, rec, um, league I ever played with football was flag football. And what happened was I registered or my parents, cause I was obviously too young to register myself. My parents registered me to play flag football in um, like a local place in Coral Springs. What ended up happening was I, I don't remember how I, I messed up my hand, but I somehow broke my hand and I had a cast and my parent, my, I think it was my mom that was like, you know, I don't, I don't really want you to play uh, cause she was scared. So her failure, she was trying to take her failure and throw it on me. Cause she was like, Oh, like you hurt your hand. Like how are you going to catch the ball? Like how are you going to play any position of football? Um, and she was trying to take the failure and, and get me not to play. Right. And you know, I was 12. So I think I was 12 by the way, 
But so I ended up saying, no, nah, I, I want to play. And so the coach said, you know, I'll just put you in a position where you don't have to receive the ball. You just hike the ball. So he put me as a, um, a center. I think it's called a center. And I just had to pitch the ball when the, the quarterback said hike. I just give him the ball. Or just he goes in shotgun mode or whatever, and I throw it back, and he grabs the ball, and he, um, you know, he, I, I'm pretty sure it's center. But and then he throws the ball, right? So what ended up happening was I ended up I, he hiked the ball, so he hiked it. I gave it to him, and I ended up running. And I guess because I had the sleeve on, people thought like, all right, he's not going to be able to catch it with one hand. So they ended up they left me wide open, and I ended up. Uh, he ended up just throwing me the ball. Like, I guess, I don't know if it was reaction. Like he just saw someone open and, and he threw the ball. Or if he just said like, screw it, like no one else is open. I'm just going to throw it to him and hopefully he catches it. But uh, I don't remember exactly that, like in that part, but I just remember him throwing the ball and I ended up catching it with one hand, the, the arm that didn't have the cast. I ended up catching it with one hand, bringing it in and running. And we ended up, uh, we, I didn't score a touchdown on that. But it ended up being like I think we ended up scoring a, like a point after that because we got a lot of yardage because you know we we made yardage because no one was covering me because they didn't think I was he was going to throw me the ball or I was going to catch the ball or well, you know whatever it was they they made the assumption that I was going to be able to do it so I made that and then everyone was like after that they were all shocked like everyone's like oh my god he caught it with one hand and like I don't know how he did that and all this stuff right so what I'm trying to say is like throughout that, like everyone doubted me doing it. Right. So everyone automatically assumed I was going to fail. So no one else, yeah, everyone else didn't embrace the failure. Okay. Everyone else let the failure dominate them and their thinking. Right. So what happened was I was at a young age where I didn't think about failing. I just, I just wanted to play football and I, I just knew the fundamentals. I had to catch the ball. If you do the ball to me. All right. And I had to run once I received the ball, I had to run as fast as I could to the touchdown end zone. Right. So I didn't, I embraced failure. Basically. I didn't let failure stop me from doing what I wanted to do. All right. And I ended up catching the ball, shocked everyone, everyone, you know, we went out, I think that data, like, like a wings plus over in, uh, in Coral Springs, there's a famous local restaurant wings plus. Uh, we went there and they, they bought me wings and like everyone was happy and everyone was cheering and it was, it was a good day. Like I, you know, they, they, they made me feel like I was, you know, part of the team after that. Cause I think what happened was, you know, like as a, as young kids are, um, they assumed because I didn't, you know, I had the sleeve and I, I wasn't like an asset to the team. So, I, you know, it was like, whatever, like sometimes young kids just do that. But once I, once I showed them what I could do, you know, I was just, they liked me a lot more. I was just part of the team. They welcomed me in. So you got to embrace failure. Now, the second thing we're going to talk about, the second topic, is going to it's going to link into embracing failure. So this one is don't be scared of being liked or hated. And this is one of the cr most crucial um, experiences that I've learned is because we all want to be liked. No one wants to be hated. All right? No one wants to be hated. Um, and I had to do a lot of things in my life once I started getting older, or you know, even when I was a young kid, I had to start doing things that um, were going to benefit myself and help other people as I could. But in reality, like if you're at work, like work's, work's probably a great example because at work, you're really trying to benefit the company and work with everyone as much as you possibly can. But at the same time, 
you're trying to benefit yourself at work. You're not just going to work to collect a paycheck. You're going to work to prosper. You're going to work to figure out how to benefit yourself, get more skills and qualities, and um, after, you know, and most most of the time when you're working, you're not planning on being there for life. You're planning on maybe building some character into yourself, some skills, some connections, and then you're going to move on to maybe something that's going to definitely um, be a better position for you, right? You're not planning on staying there for life and, and getting underpaid or um, not trying to benefit yourself. You're going to move. You're going to move on, right? So the hardest part when it comes to failure is most people are scared of other, what other people think. And, and they just, they can't, they can't get through the, the, the thought process of, you know, these famous people think of any famous person. Right. And this is what, this is what really changed my mind on the whole being liked or being hated. Uh, I'll give you like, I'll give you an example of myself. And right now what I'll do is I'm going to give you an example of um, like other, other people. All right. So like people that you'll relate to. So famous, think of any famous person, musician, comedian, uh, maybe especially a comedian because a comedian is trying to get you to laugh, right? So he's got to laugh at himself and he's, he's literally blasting himself at times to get your attention. All right. So think of, uh, think of like Kevin Hart. All right. Think of, yeah, that's, that's probably a good one. Kevin Hart. Let's go with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart at one point in time was not as famous as he is now. Now he's a house, a well-known like house name, right? If you went to anyone, no matter who it is, maybe even international, right? You went to a different country and even brought up Kevin Hart. Like nine out of 10 people are going to know Kevin Hart. All right. Maybe even like a little bit more because he's just that well-known. He's been in so many movies. Uh, His, he's very funny. He's just really well-known. He's, he does a lot of TV shows. Uh, he's got a lot of attention. So anyone knows him, right? But at one point in time, no one probably knew, no one ever heard of Kevin Hart. No one, if you ever brought Kevin Hart, no one would be like, everyone would be like, who's that? At one point in time, right? And at, at another point in time, you know, you have to understand that I'm sure he was scared of stuff. Everyone's scared of something, right? And most of the time when you're a comedian, I'm pretty sure you're scared of people liking because you're trying to get people to like your acts, like their acts. So you're trying to get them to like you as a person and as a comedian at the same time. And, you know, some, some comedians pull us off really well. Other comedians, you know, sometimes struggle with it. I think, I think comedy is uh, especially a, a hard gig because you're literally throwing yourself under the bus at times. And then uh, you're trying to show like a, a viewpoint and it's normally a theme. They normally have a theme and they're trying to like, get you to go with the theme. And sometimes it's really, most of the time it's related to like their own life. Uh, so, you know, some people are going to like it. Some people aren't, uh, but anything you do, there's going to be people that like you and there's going to be people that hate you. Most of the time people that hate you are, it's just linked to jealousy. They're just jealous that, you know, you're getting a spotlight, you're doing better than they are and they're going to envy you. And now they're going to hate you. All right. So this, is, is really important that, you know, you take any famous person, it's the same way. I'm sure there's people that hate Kevin Hart. If you went up to them and started talking about Kevin Hart, they'd be like, I hate Kevin Hart. Like, I, I don't like him. Now, it's going to, like, you might argue with me on that, but there's there's definitely one, maybe two. There's got to be a couple people out there in the world. There's We're, we're, we're a population of, like, I think, like a billion or pretty close to a billion right now. 
um, I think like worldwide, I think the United States is like, uh, I think it's in the millions, but overall, I, I mean, like, I don't know the specific number. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the specific number on the, the whole entire world as a whole population, but there's definitely got to be a couple people where if you bring up Kevin Hart's name, they don't like him. Obviously, like majority of the people like Kevin Hart or Kevin Hart wouldn't be as famous or successful. But at the same time, you need haters. You need people to dislike you. So, you know, it's going to start somewhere. And the saying is normally uh, people don't know you at first. Then people get they, they start realizing who you are. They start noticing you. And then people become jealous and people start to hate you. And then after people start hating you, they start seeing you more and start realizing why, you know, why you're good at whatever you're doing. And then people start to like you. So you got to go through hate to then be liked. So you got to, you got to put it in your mind. Like you just can't really care too much what people think. And it's so hard. It's so easy to say that to you. It's, I've just been through a lot of stuff too. So it's a little bit easier for me to take on a lot of like pressure or a lot of, um, you know, and even, even at times, like, like I didn't have that great of a day today cause I started off with, uh, with failing. Like I failed today. I got a message from my boss and my boss was basically just like, you know, uh, you messed up here and we don't do this and we don't do that. And you know, and it sucks. And, and the first time I ever failed at, at the position I'm at right now, uh, it, it, I weighed it, I weighed it on myself really heavily, like very heavily. Uh, I, I kind of went into a slump of depression because I held it so much and you have to learn that, um, you just got to move on. You got to embrace it. Like we talked about earlier, you just got to embrace the failure and be like, all right, I'm going to learn from this and move on to the next thing. Um, another thing too is, you, you know, you're not going to be liked by everyone. Like if you're working at a job right now, there's probably, you're most likely like, if, even if you own a business, everyone's not going to like you. Even if you're like the most lovable person in the world, someone's going to be jealous and someone's going to want what you have and they're going to be envy and they're not going to like you. They're going to despise you secretly. They might smile in your face and give you a nice big smile, but secretly deep down inside, they don't like you. They don't want anything to do with you. They probably hate your guts. And even though you're giving them a job, you're doing everything you possibly can for them, like you care about them. Uh, they, they might truly deep down inside, not like you and they might hate you. Um, but this is something where you got, you can't be scared of it. You got to embrace it. Actually, you gotta, you gotta embrace that. Some people are going to like you and some people are going to hate you. It's just, it's just a fact. Um, but it's, it's something that you can't let stop you from, from failure. Right. Uh, what else can we talk about? All right. So I gave you an example of of that, let me give you an example of uh, my my own in my own life uh, what's kind of going on. So, uh, let's see if like I have a good one. Like public speaking, I've had I've had issues. Like obviously, I don't I really have that many issues with public speaking right now because I've kind of like grown out of it. But when I first started doing public speaking, I think it was at high school. Let's say right. Some I think it was high school. Actually, it was high school because even though it wasn't labeled public speaking, you're presenting projects and stuff in front of a classroom. Well, I had actually, and now that we're talking about this, I actually popped in a great example. I can, I can, it was actually a pretty embarrassing situation I got put in. Um, it, but it was at college. So I took a, uh, a psych, hang on, let me think of the word, a psychology class. All right. In college. Now, it was a topic on like reproductive, the reproductive system of uh, like the male and the female. 
all right? So we had to physically, it was, it was a group of us. It was like me and like maybe three or four other people. And we had to go through what the body does for a male and what the body does for a female with, uh, with, like, with like reproduction, like what, what your body does through it, right? And this was a psychology class, all right? So, uh, you know, obviously you're thinking right now like that, you know, it's not a comfortable thing to be speaking in front of people. Uh, what's up, Cameron? Obviously it's not, it's not comfortable for you to be speaking in front of people talking about the male and female reproductive system. And like the, it was a, it was a packed classroom. Like I'm telling like maybe like 30 plus people in there. All right. And it was, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Like, you know, you're nervous. Uh, you know, it's not comfortable subject. People laughed, you know, you kind of, like some people laughed at themselves when they were presenting it. It wasn't a comfortable situation, but I, I just embraced it. Like I just went up there and started talking about things. And like, I, I don't remember exactly what I had to physically like present to them. Cause like our group broke it down where this person was going to talk about this and this person was talk about this. Um, but you know, it wasn't a comfortable situation and we just embraced it as a group, as a group. Like I'm not even talking about myself in this one. Like as a group, our group did really well. And the funny thing was, even though it was the most awkward topic out of all of them, um, we actually probably did better than any presenter that was up there. Cause most people like they didn't embrace the failure of, of laughing at themselves or anything like that. And they went up there and they're really stiff and, and they actually were actually more nervous about presenting maybe something about like, um, like a political issue or something rather than us talking about sexual reproduction for male and female. Right. And that's the crazy part is like, as a, as a group, we embraced the, like being laughed at maybe people not, not liking us or maybe like political views or something. Um, we just embraced it and we didn't care. We just presented it and we presented it so well that after we presented it, even the teacher said, I got to give you guys a round of applause. You guys did very great. You did a great job of presenting this presentation. Most people struggle with it because it's an embarrassing type of situation to talk about. And he said, you guys did very well. Um, and he's like, you know, you should be proud of yourself for being able to present a hard subject like that. So, you know, you gotta, you can't be scared of what people are going to think. You can't be scared if people are going to like you or hate you. Um, you know, I had this, I had this situation, you know, I, even at work, I, I have situations where, um, you know, I take on a lot of responsibility for things. So if, someone comes in and they're like, Hey, I really need you to help me film this. Or I really need you to help me do this. I'll be the first one. If someone's looking for someone to take action, I will be the first one to say, Hey, I'll, I'll help you with that. I'll do that. And in my mind, it's opportunity. The most people, they're just like, they're too scared of thinking that it's an opportunity. They're just like, Oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to fail. And then my boss isn't going to like me, but you see, it's it, once you reverse things, it's actually really funny because you start to see more of uh, a different perspective on things, and you start to see that the, the perspective that most people look at is actually wrong. And um, like, I don't mean that as like a uh, a snobby person. I'm just saying most things that people don't do is just because like they they think their their beliefs are something that they think about they really think it's true. And then if they would just push through it just a little bit, they would see that it really wasn't that they just had to maybe speak in front of maybe like five people 
and present something the best they possibly could and maybe even give some ideas on solutions to problems and, and you'd fix it and the boss would see it. You present it in front of a boss, the boss would see it and you get more opportunity. You'd probably get a pay increase. You know, you just never know. Uh, but the fact is you can't, you can't be scared of things like that. You can't, you can't be scared that people are going to like you or hate you or you're going to fail and you're going to fall on your ass. Uh, there, there's a great quote with failure and, um, I think it was, a. I don't know if I posted this video, but it was with, I, I've been recently listening and, and watching Les Brown. Uh, most people might not know him. Um, uh, I think more of like the black, he's more towards like the black community because uh, he's a black motivational speaker. And most of the videos I've seen, he's normally talking to um, like black communities. Uh, I think just to try to get them to a different mindset. But the point is like he had this saying where if you're going to fall, if you know you're going to fall, fall on your back. And the reason why you want to fall on your back is because if you're on your back, you're looking up. So you're looking towards the sky and you can pick yourself back up. If you face planted and look down, you're looking down. Like there's, there's no up that you're, that you're, there's no out for you. Cause you're looking down. You're not looking up. So he's like, it's all about the rebound of uh, picking yourself back up and trying again with, with failure. That's all it is. It's just repetition of failing, getting back up, failing, getting back up, failing, getting back up. And if you're falling on your back, you, it's, it's so much easier for you to get back up than falling on your face. So, you know, it's something, um, it's something that I thought about a while too. Like after I heard that, I started thinking about failure and I, you know, I jot anything down, anything I hear that I can promote to you guys that I can spread, uh, information to you guys that'll, that'll help you out in your own life. And, and even my, in my own life, obviously, uh, I'm, that's what I'm really trying to do. So I'll, I'll jot down anything. Like I'll hear something and I'll be like, wow, that was so powerful. It made me want to go do this. I'm going to jot that down. I, I take out my iPhone and I jot it down in notes. And that's how, I, that's how I'm really getting some of these subjects, these, uh, these great subjects to talk about. The examples and how I present the information is obviously coming from the top of my head. Um, most of the subjects are coming from like motivational speakers, motivational um, like videos I'm watching. So, you know, the content that I'm producing to you is 100% fresh and from my own, my own uh presentation and my own thoughts but at the same time like some of the stuff I'm passing you is from other people so you know it's not it's not um it's not all me to be honest with you but a lot of it really is like I'd say probably it's like a 60 40 rule 60 percent of it's me and 40 percent of it's like other people's thoughts so it's it's definitely more it's more it's more my taste and my influence, like how I'm presenting it to you and, and my thoughts and examples, obviously examples are hundred percent mine when I'm talking about like personal examples. Um, but you know, that's really, that's really all I'm trying to do, but I really just want to pass a lot of this information down because right now, uh, you know, the political environment's really bad. Um, I feel like it's really an opportunity that I can start because now people are kind of, they're kind of attacking each other and, um, it, it actually was kind of getting me down at one point in life or at one point in time. I shouldn't say life one point in time. So that's why I wanted to do motivational channels. And like, that's why I'm trying to really push this stuff because it really is all mental. It, it's, it's your brain. You got to feed your brain information every single day. And a lot of us just go hop on video games. We hop on an app or we, you know, we're not, we're not trying to educate ourselves. Really. We're just skating by. We really are. We're really just skating by. And that's the saddest thing is like, 
you pay attention when you're driving and people are just on their phones texting and they're wasting so much potential, so much potential. And that's why I really wanted to do this because I know that I can turn this around once I build what I need to build. And this could be something that's going to help millions, maybe even billions of people. Like that's my vision right now is like, I, I know I can flip this around and start presenting people, um, you know, better, better mental, mental states basically. And get, you know, motivate you to go and do something that you dreamed of doing that maybe uh, something's holding you back. Right. So that's why the, the Facebook um, channels are going to be for all like motivational purposes, uh, mainly video because it's more of a platform that'll help me with video. And that's where I can get those motivational uh, speak um, motivational videos out the live streams, um, anything that's video content related. Uh, I'm trying to think, um, but yeah, so anything that's kind of like more like video related, it's going to probably go there. Instagram is going to be a little bit more like personal where I'm going to do IGTV as just like more like an insight into my life. And as you know, me applying different things that I'm telling you guys. So I'm doing it with you and you're not just listening to me and, and saying, Oh, this guy is obvious. You know, he's, he's giving examples and he's talking, but he's not, I don't see him putting in, in the action towards what he's trying to say. So that's kind of putting me on, on the spot and getting you to see that what I'm telling you is what I'm trying to live by. It's not something that I'm just trying to pass to you and uh, you know, of, you know, and then you're going to say like, Oh, he's just trying to make money or he's just trying to like, like get information out or something. No, it's, it's, it's going to be to benefit you. Like I'm doing it for myself too, because I know it's, it's the right thing to do. Um, and then Twitter, I'm going to probably do more. The other thing with Instagram too, is I might do, uh, uh, maybe I'll change it to Twitter now that I'm thinking about it. Cause Twitter is more, more like quotes. But I don't know. I, I was thinking about inst like the physical Instagram platform itself was to do the motivational quotes. So I'd give you like a picture like I was doing before through like all three platforms. And I'm going to do like obviously a picture like let's say I take uh, Steve Jobs. It's going to be a picture of Steve Jobs and it's going to be a famous quote from him on the, the physical posting of Instagram. Like that physical part of it like the homepage or the, the feed. And then Twitter, it's going to be more of like instant, you know, it's kind of instant conversational type thing. So I'm going to probably do more polls. I'm going to do more um, anything I think of on the spot or maybe even to pass updates or information, I might just use Twitter. Uh, so that's what I'm going to try to do with that stuff. That, that's kind of like my idea for the three platforms right now. Eventually I'll do YouTube and maybe I'll, I'll get to a point where I can post like these uh these live streams in there and just like pre you know pre-record them somehow and throw them onto youtube and then i might do like obviously like other types of video you know maybe like blog or vlog i think it's vlog not blog vlog or, or something like that and, and post those up there too for like a personal channel uh definitely want to make a youtube for done deal investments but um it just right now it's just i'm so caught up in stats right now like i just gotta get you know it's, it's right now it's like the crucial time because it's it's it, i'm at the very very end so i gotta push as hard as i possibly can to the stats uh what else so that's basically um that's basically that part of like the personal channels and like the motivational um stuff the other thing i just kind of came to my thought is i'm doing this thing called toastmasters which is gonna get me to be more uh person you know have more of a personality when it comes to public speaking 
So I go to this club in Fort Lauderdale, and it's it's, uh, it's called the Great Fort Lauderdale Toastmasters. If anyone's heard of that, anyone wants to go, like definitely go and um, check it out. And it's supposed to give you, you know, you pay a little bit of money, and then they go and they they help you with your ums, eyes, any like I think it's called conjunction words or anything like that. What's up, Danielle? And uh, and so basically, what it's what it's really doing is it's getting me to get out there and public speak. And eventually I think what I really want to do is get to a point where I actually can maybe like even travel and start doing some public motivational speaking. Uh, but I also had this thought, I'm actually looking to get um, a microphone rather than just recording all this stuff through the, the defaults of the laptops and the phone. And I want to go get a microphone and do like actual speeches. And that's probably what I'm going to actually post on YouTube majority of the time and maybe just through like different different platforms like Facebook, just upstream it through Facebook to hit a bigger audience. But I'm really thinking about just getting a microphone and starting to do like motivational speaking. And that's gonna that's gonna be a game changer too. So I'm trying to lead things into different 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 things at the same time. But uh, and I'll probably use those speeches that I do off the microphone through Toastmasters. So I was, you know, it's just something I was thinking that it's going to link into the next thing. Uh, let's see. But yeah, I think that's basically, that's all I can really think of at the moment of, you know, putting myself out there and all that stuff. But we'll talk about a little bit about gun deal investments. Cause we have about like maybe 15, 20 minutes right now. And then I'm just going to, we'll, we'll end it. So I'm trying to make these, Oh, real quick too, I'll update you on what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to stick to Mondays and Tuesdays for these uh, these, these motivational um, topic live streams. These are really just me taking topics, explaining things, and then uh, we do like done deal investments at the end. But the the whole point of this is to you know get you know get people on the the right track if I possibly can help someone that maybe needs a little bit of information and a little bit of motivation to get through their day. So. What I'm going to do is it's going to be Monday and Wednesdays that we're going to do these live streams still. And I'm going to try to aim to go for 6.30. Today I ended up starting at like 7, I think. But I right now, like Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving coming up. So I'm not working Thursday. Excuse me. That came out random. Thursday and Friday. So I got to make up hours because I'm still a part-time worker right now. I don't have a, I don't have like a set career in motion yet. So I don't have a I don't get paid on like holidays and stuff like I actually lose money on holidays. So I'm still a part-time worker right now as a as a marketer. So I need um all the hours I possibly can get. So when we go on break, it doesn't I don't you know I don't I'm not late on bills and stuff. So right now I'm working Monday. I'm like like I'm gonna try to go all day tomorrow, which is Tuesday, and then Wednesday all day. So you know I'm gonna try to work like a, basically like a ten hour work work, uh, work day for those two days, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, basically. So, you know, it's, it's right now I got only leave at six and like rush hour traffic, you know, and it's about a 30 minute drive from my house. So I don't get home until maybe like 45 minutes after I leave basically. So, you know, it's almost like an hour. It's basically almost like an hour drive because I'm sitting in traffic. So we're going to try to get it at 6.30. That's going to be the normal time that I'm going to try to get these going. It's going to be rough maybe for the next, you know, until I can figure out figure out times and push a little bit harder. You know, I might not be exactly at 6.30, but that's what I'm going to be aiming for from now on. Uh, done deal. All right, so we'll talk about done deal investments. We'll wrap it up.
So I got you through all the updates. I got you through the two topics. They have a tie-in, everything. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, my name's Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dunn Deal Investments, LLC. And what this company is designed to do is to help people that are in financial situations where they're struggling, whether it's uh, liens, pre-foreclosure, uh, basically anything where they can't keep up with the house and they need to find another resource than just going through a, real, a realtor and they need to get out quick. So they need another resource. So what I am is I'm a wholesale real, uh, real estate uh, person. So I'm going to basically, let's say you're a seller. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to figure out the situation that you're in. Then I'm going to come up with some a solution to get you out where I'm going to have to match you with another investor. So I'm going to have a what we call a buyer's list and I'm going to match you with an investor. All right. What's going to happen is once we come to terms and agreements on how much money uh, we're going to pay you and you know, the terms that you need to move on to another house, uh, we're going to put it under contract with you and then we're going to put it. Um, we're also going to get the other investor to get on the contract with you. Uh, so I'm going to help make sure that both parties are, 110% satisfied and um, you know we everyone in the deal wants to help one one each other basically everyone wants to help one another so it's not like you're going in and there's gonna be like a crappy person that just wants to make money off you know the other person wants to help you they know you're gonna be in a tight situation uh, they know the best way to help you out is probably just to give you cash for the property and then um, have you, you know, find something else to get, you know, make you more comfortable. And then he's going to invest his capital into that house and he's going to sell it for full value in mint condition because he's investing his own capital into this property or your property. So if you're a seller, if you're a buyer, even if you're a real estate agent that, you know, you want to go and help me find uh, like under market deals, um, contact me uh, or reach out to me and I'll contact you. Give me a phone number. Give me an email that I can reach out to you and I'll, I'll do all the legwork basically because that's my job. This whole entire thing is to basically, that's why my motto with Done Deal Investments LLC is where the done, or sorry, where the deal is already done because I'm already creating the deal. The deal is going to be created through me, but I am going to put the deal together and make sure that everything's put together properly. All right. So if you're a seller, just know, or maybe you know someone else that that's in a tight situation with their property that they need to get out quick. Maybe they had a job transfer. They went through a really crappy divorce, which is, you know, maybe a relative died in the family and you inherited a house. You don't really know what to do with the house. You already have one. You don't want to move into that house. Uh, most of the time, if it's like an, if, if it's like an elderly person and they passed away and they gave you their house. Their house really isn't in that great condition. Um, sometimes they hoard stuff. You know, there's, there's always cases where uh, it's a pain. It's kind of like a pain in the ass to, to clean it, do all that stuff. We'll take care of all that. Done Deal Investments LLC will do whatever it needs to do to get you out of that situation, that financial situation, that burden, um, anything like that. So if you know anyone, have them, you know, you can even go on Google right now and search up Done Deal Investments LLC. And it, I'll pop up. You can reach out to me, phone, 954-857-6450. Email dundealinvestments at outlook.com. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can reach out on those platforms and I'll get back to you. Uh, it's just a matter of you just contacting me. And then from there, you know, I'll make sure that I keep contacting you and, and we'll work out whatever I can possibly do. 
Uh, and we'll go, we'll basically go from there. Um, there are three steps to this process real quick before I end this. There are three steps to this process. So if you're a seller, the first step is for you to contact me. So that way I can, you know, get the understanding of your situation, uh, figure out the best solution for you. Uh, and then what, you know, the condition of your house, then step two would be for me to meet you personally at your house. Uh, we could probably actually discuss a lot more on what's going to, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you're probably going to have questions for me. So I'll answer the questions. I'll go around. Um, I have a sheet that I, I'll go around and just like check mark and it. it gives me an estimate basically of your house. So if you have a broken window, I can, it gives me a quick estimate on like how, um, how much it's going to probably cost the investor to fix it. And from there, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go home and do all the research on your house. I'll take pictures while I'm there. I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside. And this is so when I pick the right investor to, to pair up with your property, I can send him pictures of the property. So he, you know, he, he understands what he's walking into. Um, I'm also going to give him an estimate of basically the paper that I just told you I was going to go through and check off what I need to check off uh, for him to repair and how much it's roughly going to cost him. So I'm giving him an estimate. And so he knows what he's walking into because obviously he's not going to want to walk into a deal that he has no idea what's going on. Uh, so that's where my job is uh, to get, you know, I got to get the information from you and I got to get the information from the property. And then I got to go in the next step. The third step would then be for me to contact the investor, make sure he's on board with everything, give him all the information and question and answer all his questions that he needs. And then what, what I'm going to do after that is I'm going to take some, um, I'm going to take the comps of your neighborhood. So I'm going to take the three closest houses uh, that that fit the same, you know, the size, the square footage, um, the you know, the same, you know, try to get it as, as close as I possibly can to the same house as yours. We're going to take three and we're going to average out the price and then we're going to deduct uh, the stuff that it's going to take to put your house in mint condition. And that's how we're going to get the price that we're going to offer you. Uh, so there's no tricks. Like I'm trying to be as transparent as I possibly can. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm actually, I just want to help as many people as I can at the same time. Um, you know, there's a lot of benefits to this because if you're a seller, you're going to walk away with cash in your pocket. You're going to walk away debt free. You're going to walk away um, from a situation that should have put you in like either like bankruptcy or um, you know, it's going to, it was going to take you, it's going to add gears on your debt. Um, and then the investor is going to be happy because he's putting his capital in and he's getting a return on his investment. All right. So he's making money off the deal. And then obviously I'll be satisfied because obviously I helped you get out of the situation and I'll make a finder's fee off it so I can keep the business, you know, invest that back into the business and help grow the business. All right. So the more money that I can generate, the more people I can reach as an audience base and the more I can help other people. So that's why obviously it's important for me to make money off the deal. Uh, there's no tricks here. I'm not trying, you know, say, you know, make more money than I need to. I'm just trying to make uh, whatever I can possibly make off the deal and, you know, work it out. Uh, if you want to know like how much I'm making off the deal, you know, I'm, I'm okay with like letting, maybe letting you know, you know, any questions you have, I'm, I'm open-minded. I, I am very, very open-minded. I, personally want to help as many people as I can. One of my massive goals that I have for like my personal goal 
is to help. Um, I think right now I, I, I moved it up to like 4.2 million people. Or I think that was actually something else. I think it was like actually around like a million people I'm trying to help. So even though it's a massive goal and some people are going to probably say, you know, a million, help a million people, that's, that's impossible. You know, I'm not, you know, I try to go for massive goals. I don't try to go for little itty bitty goals. I go for massive, massive goals, right? That's what's going to shape, you know, the person I want to become as a, uh, a, you know, an adult when I get to like my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I want to be able to look back and say, wow, I did so much. I helped so many people um, and, you know, I'm, you know, getting people out of situations that most people don't want to help other people with. It's, it's, it's debt to them. So, you know, reach out to me, you know, and this could be for anyone. Maybe you have a family member, maybe you have friends that are struggling. Uh, this basically works with anyone. All right. And almost any situation, if you just want to sell your house really fast and you, and you don't want to pay commission, cause that's another big thing too, that people don't realize is you go and sell a house and the real, the realtor is going to take a big chunk of, uh, of change from, from your, your earnings from selling the house as commission. So I don't, we don't do that either. Like I don't, I don't have, um, we're not paying, you're not paying me commission. I'm getting money off the investors. The investor is going to pay me. You're not even going to pay me, uh, getting you out of the situation. So that's another good thing too, is like, you're going to walk away with the full amount of cash uh, that we, that we could possibly offer you, which is another amazing benefit for the, the consumer, like yourself or your friend or your family member, or maybe just someone you ran across and you, and you over, you know, you started talking to them and you know, Oh, Hey, I heard about this, uh, this thing called done deal investments LLC. And like, it, you might be able to look it up on Google and you might be able to find this kid named Tyler Dunn and he can help you out. And that's, that's really why I do this at the end too, is because, uh, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to get a little bit of exposure too with it. It's, you know, it's a, it's, it is brand new. It's not something that's been around for years. It's the, the wholesaling part has been around for years. Like there's plenty of other companies doing the same thing, but my specific company, um, that I'm going to try to do a, a lot more than most people do. Cause what most people do with, with wholesale real estate real quick, and, and then I'll wrap it up after this. Um, most people they go into wholesale real estate and they just try to get a they're just trying to make money. This is the real deal that I'm going to tell you right now. They're just trying to make money to get enough capital to start flipping homes. Like they want to go and buy homes and then start flipping them. I mean, that's something that I've I've thought about at the same time like flipping housing or houses and properties, but I want to turn done deal investments into more than just a wholesale real estate uh, type of vibe. I'm trying to turn it into eventually where I can, you know, and this is going to take capital. So that's why, you know, I got to spread it, you know, spread the message with Done Deal Investments LLC as much as possible and uh, work as hard as I possibly can with people, um, network, all that stuff is because I'm trying to get it to a point where I can get you out of the financial situation and then get you into something else that you want. So maybe have a real, you know, real estate uh, agent team where then we can go and find you something that you're, that you're looking for within budget, uh, with what you need. And then at the same time, you know, add like home inspections. So then once we find that property that you're looking at, that you're really interested in, we can then go and inspect it to make sure that when you go in and to invest your money into that house, um, that your money is going to be protected because there's no like surprise, like a pipe burst or there's a surprise roof leak or, um, the flooring needs to, it, it's, you know, there's mold growing in the house or 
something that's really tragic that you can't see from just the eye. Like you can't just go into a house and go, all right, like I can see inside of a wall or the, the outlets work or, you know, it's gotta, you gotta have a professional that's going to go and test these units and, and uh, make sure that all of the code, you know, it's up to code and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm trying to turn this into kind of like almost like a one shop, one, one stop type thing where, you know, I'm not just going to get you out of a situation. And that's what most of these wholesalers are doing. I don't think anyone has thought of it the way I'm thinking about it. Like I, I'm telling you right now, like I honestly really don't think anyone's ever thought of it like that. Like I don't even know of a company. I mean, it's possible there's a company out there doing this. I don't think so. Uh, but that's my goal. My goal is to um, make something like that where it's just a one stop, one go where you, you know, we can get you from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And you don't have to keep searching for different things. Cause the last thing you want to do as a, as a, someone that's a distressed seller that where you're trying, you're trying to physically get out of, out of a really painful situation is, all right, I got out of the situation. Now I have to go to some other company and find some other real estate agent to go and help me find another house. And then then I have to go and get it inspected by another company and then, you know, so on. And then you keep on going down the, the rabbit hole. If I got to go find the next company or the next thing uh, or the next person to go and help me through this, this tragedy or this next uh, element in, you know, buying a house. So I'm trying to make it where everything's done for you. That's where the motto, that's where the motto really kicks in for done deal investments is where the, or where the deal is already done is <clears throat> because I'm just trying to make it a one-stop shop go where, everything's provided for you. Um, so, you know, it's, it's obviously a massive goal, a massive dream that I'm trying to put together. Um, and you know, I'm not going to stop. And that's why I talked to you guys about failure because, uh, you know, the odds are businesses fail every single day. Uh, people fail every single day. And I, you know, the reason I'm telling you some of this stuff is because like I have dreams that are big and goals that are massive and, you know, I don't want to tell other people that they can't go and get what they want or it's impossible to go do this and this. I have to have a certain mindset to be able to take on these types of elements. So, you know, I, that's why I'm promoting this motivational speaking. That's why I'm doing all this stuff is because I'm going to go out and, and get people excited. I'm going to get people to take action. I'm going to get people to go out and, and start living the best lives they possibly, possibly can have. They dream about. Uh, so that's, you know, that's, I gave you a little bit more insight on done deal investments than I probably have in other live streams. So again, my name's Tyler Dunn with done deal investments, LLC, and have a great Monday. All right. I'll see you guys Wednesday at about six 30 sharp and right before Thanksgiving. So have a great Monday guys. See you later. Reach out to me. If anyone can reach out to me, just reach out to me. If you have questions, concerns, want to meet up, I'm filling that calendar up behind me. Uh, so reach out to me guys, friend, family, whatever, reach out to me. Peace.